Uh, good morning. Thank you, three people that carried on a conversation and didn't make me feel like you were staring at me. That was awesome. Um, man, um, this morning we're going to be in Daniel 3, so if you have your Bible, you can take a minute and find that. Um, Daniel's short, so it might take you a couple times flipping through the Old Testament to get there, but uh, let's pray. Father God, I need you. Uh, I need you to speak this morning. Um, God, I don't have anything um, unless it's from you. God, I can talk about and explain some words that somebody wrote down, but anything of importance that's going to happen here this morning has got to come from you. So, God, I need your, your spirit. I need you to speak. I need you to um, guide. That God, this morning, um, you would just pierce our hearts with your word. God, that you would allow us to, 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 to see and have faith in what you're doing. So God, just uh, move beyond uh, us this morning and do the things that we can't do and say the things that we can't say. Um, God, I need you. Just calm my heart. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Man, um, good morning. So excited to be here with you guys this morning. So excited to... Open this word. We're going to be in Daniel 3, and we're just going to um, continue talking about um, the series we've been in the past few weeks. The struggle is real. And uh, I know, like you say that, and it's like that's the like hashtag Twitter thing the struggle is real. But I mean, it's true. Um, there, there is struggle in this life. Actually, life is a struggle. Um, any amens out there, somebody? Um, life is not easy. Life is hard. It doesn't matter like what side of the cross you're on, like you're going to deal with difficulty. And and I've said, I think the past few weeks, life is a struggle that is full of struggles. Like it just feels like kind of the whole thing is one struggle and it has many struggles kind of going on inside of that. And I'm not saying there's not good things and amazing things that happen in life, but man, it feels like some days the, the, the bad things are just greater in number than the good things, and, and that's just part of this fallen world. God didn't create it that way. He created it perfect, and then he put us in it, and we jacked it up, and um, we continue to jack it up, by the way. Um, that's not just an Adam and Eve thing. That's a you and me thing, and we make that decision every single day, um, but the reality of it is, is for maybe some of us in the, in, the, in the Christian life, we get into this struggle of, if I struggle is God mad at me? Or if I struggle, is, is there something wrong with this faith? If, if bad things happen, is God still good? You hear that question a lot of times. And, and the reality of it is God never promised everything would be good. Actually, he kind of promised the other, right? Like eternally, we're going to an amazing place and everything's going to be perfect there, but it ain't perfect here. And we all deal with kind of the, the, the blowback of this fallen world and, and that doesn't mean God's left you. Actually, God never leaves us. His word says that. It doesn't mean God's forgotten you. He never forsakes us. His word says that. But in church, I grew up and I heard, come to Jesus and everything's going to be okay. I don't know if anybody else ever heard that growing up. It was a pretty popular phrase. I went to several churches and heard it in a lot of them. And I think I even heard TV preachers say that sometimes, which, you know, TV preachers. But um, somebody got it. All right. Um, Maybe nobody's heard a TV preacher. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's just not true. And it takes you a very small amount of time to figure that out. But the truth of it is, like, 
we hold God to something some man said that God never said sometimes. God never said it was going to be great in sunshine and rainbows. Actually, the, the word is full of stories that are not, and we're going to look at one this morning in, in Daniel 3. Daniel 3 starts out, and we have a character, King Nebuchadnezzar. He's the king of Babylon, and we see that King Nebuchadnezzar decides it would be a really good idea one day to make this gold statue. Um, this gold statue, I think, is 90 feet high and 9 feet wide, so a pretty big chunk of gold, and he kind of places it in this providence in Babylon, and he asks all the leaders of Babylon to come around. He's going to have this ceremony, this unveiling ceremony, and they're going to, you know, like, come around this statue and he's going to dedicate basically this statue and he brings all these different leaders and all these different uh, people from Babylon, important people from Babylon around and when they get there he has this guy make an announcement and the announcement is, hey, when you hear all this music start, you're going to bow down and you're going to worship this statue. Now, you know, like this guy made this statue and we're going to worship this statue. There's like an issue with that in general. But but whatever, they're, you know, he's the king, and you got to kind of do what the king says. So the king says, we're going to worship this statue. So music starts up, and they bow down, and they worship this statue. And that's kind of where we come in to the story in, in verse 8. This is the background to what we're going to talk about this morning. It says in 8, some Chaldeans, now Chaldeans are native Babylonians. They're like ethnic Babylonians. They were born there, not imported to there. Uh, and they're also um, these people that are part of the king's court. They're these um, kind of wise men, maybe soothsayers. They're astronomers, and they look up at the stars and, you know, say all these things that are going to happen because of that. They're kind of important people in the king's court. And it says they took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. Now, this is like the Jews in general, but specifically there, there are three that we're going to find out he's talking about in this story, and it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've probably heard it if you had a Precious Moments Bible. You know, you've read it, but maybe if we can get beyond the Precious Moments story this morning into what God's really saying to us. Um, he, these people come, and they, they take this occasion to accuse the Jews. It says, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. That's called sucking up, right? They come into the king, and they're like, hey, let me, let me get on your good side first. May the king live forever. Uh, Ten, you as king have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music must fall down and worship the gold statue. They just start quoting back what the king has said. Hey, you remember that law that you had put in place that when all the music happens, people are supposed to bow down and worship the statue? They're just going back and making sure he knows what he said and they, he knows that they know what he said. Uh, there are some Jews uh, you have appointed, listen to this, to manage the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, these men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So this is kind of what's going on in the story. Uh, these men, these Chaldeans, they come to King Nebuchadnezzar and they say, Hey, um, you're awesome. I want you to know that I know that. You're, you're great. And um, before, before we get started today, you remember that law that you had put in place where you said, hey, when the music starts, we're going to all, everybody that's around, we're going to, that hears the music, we're going to come, we're going to bow down, we're going to worship the statue. And oh, by the way, if you don't, you're going to be thrown into the fire. It's in there. I think I skipped that verse, but it's like 11 maybe. Um, you're going to be thrown into the fire. 
You remember that you said that? I just want you to remember you said that, and I want you to know that we know you said that. Now, what, do you, what they're doing here is they're, they're setting this up to, to make sure the king knows there's not a problem with your instructions. Like, I teach school, and if I say something and, and one kid's sitting there kind of drooling at me, what I do is I say, hey, class, what was the instructions? And then if they can all say it back to me, or most of them say it back to me, the problem isn't with what I said. The problem was with the kid's understanding, right? Like, if it's less kids who don't understand than do understand, then I figured out it wasn't me. So they're just showing the king, like, we, we know what you said. People know what you said, okay? Before we go anywhere, the problem wasn't with the instructions. It got out. Everybody was there. But, you know, the, you know the Jews that Chadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you know those guys that you set up over the providence of Babylon. Yeah, they don't do that. They don't, you know, when the music happens and you said it, you said to do it. They, they don't do that. These Chaldeans were, you know, helping the king out by letting him know that these Jewish men, they, they don't worship this statue and they don't worship the king's gods. Now, you can look in the story right here and you can figure out what the Chaldeans' issue really is with the Jews. Like, they don't really care that they're not worshiping the statue. They really care that they're in charge of the providence of Babylon. These are native Babylonians. These are like the hometown boys. These are the guys who are, you know, supposed to have the power. If anybody's going to get the power that's not the king, it should be these guys. They're important. They're on the court. And here are these Jewish people who aren't supposed to be here, right? They're supposed to be from way over there, and they've come over here, and the king's put them in charge. Why didn't the king put us in charge? He put them in charge. They're not worried about, like, you know, the, the safety and the health of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're not worried that, like, they maybe just don't understand the king's commands. They're like, if he chucks them in the bucket, like, maybe he'll appoint us, because we came in and we were like, hey, you're awesome. And then we tattled, right? Like, we did the thing. We, we helped you out. They're looking to hurt some people to help themselves. That's what's going on background of the story, right? Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they're just some dudes trying to follow God and not worship other gods. They, they know who the real God is, and they know it's not this statue king put up like three days ago that he made out of gold. Like you can't make a God. That's not how it works. If you can make a God, it's not really a God. God has to make us. That's what makes him God. And, and, and they know that. And they're not disrespectful. They don't stand up at the meeting, and they're like, hey, king, um, that, you made that. That's not a God. They're just like, no, I know the truth, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. And these guys, willing to help themselves and hurt these people, come and they, you know, help the king out. So it says in 13, then, a, a furious, then in a furious rage, like those two words, when they go together, you know it's a bad day, right? He was mad mad. Um, then the king was mad mad. And he gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so these men were brought before the king. You notice in the story, whatever the king says is going to happen because, you know, he's the king and people listen to the king. Um, so the, they bring these men before the king, and it says, Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I've set up? He starts out with a question. Remember, he's mad, mad, but he's still going to give them a chance to, like, dig theirself out of this hole. He says, hey, I just want to know, like... Uh, you know, Larry, Moe, and Curly over here, they come up, 
And they said um, that you don't worship my gods and you didn't worship my statue. And I just want to give you a shot right here in front of everybody to just say that's not true. Is, do you do that? I've heard this. Is, is this true? So then he goes on and he says in 15, Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, I want you to fall down and worship the statue I've made. So I've heard this. Let's just test it out is what the king's doing. Put you in the pressure seat. Come in front of the king. Um, We're going to strike up the band in just a second. And they're going to play the music. And then I'm just going to, I'm going to watch. And see if you, if you do this. But if you don't, right, here's the catch. Um, if you don't worship it, you will immediately, not tomorrow, not six days down the road, not we're going to feed you for a couple years and then do it, but like right now, be thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. And then he asks this question, who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Can you imagine, like, the pressure of this moment here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it's like an A or B decision, right? It's pretty black and white. Like, here's the king who has all, all the power in the land, by the way. Like, they got some power, but he has, like, all the power in the land. And, and anything we've seen in this story that the king says, it, it like, happens or the king follows through. The king probably views himself kind of like God because he can do what he wants and he can say what he wants and he's got an army and he's got a kingdom. And, you know, like, if you're going to be there... You're going to do what he says. And he brings these three guys in, and he's like, hey, um, I've heard this. We're, we're just going to give it a shot. We're going to play the music, and I'm the king, and I'm in charge, and you know what I said, and if you didn't, I'm going to say it again. Um, we're going to start the music, and, and I'm going to watch you worship this statue. And just to put a little pressure on you, if you don't, I'm going to burn you alive. That's not in the precious moments version, right? Just left that part out. Can you can you imagine this? Here's these guys who are they're trying to follow God. They're trying to they, they know who God is and they know it's not the statue. And and they're trying to do what's right. And then not only in that trying to do what's right do they get, you know, in trouble with the king, but now the king says, I'm gonna watch you do it, and if you don't do it, I'm gonna kill you. And in this moment, they've got to make a decision. Am I going to follow God or am I going to save my life? Am I going to, am I going to trust that God's going to do something? Or am I going to abandon God and save myself? Now, this is maybe kind of abstract for some of us, but let's, let's just bring it home for a minute. You ever been in one of those situations that you just feel like, mm, God's not coming through? So I don't know if I'm doing the God thing anymore. I didn't see a lot of hands, so I'll just assume all of us. Um, right? Like you're trying to follow God, you're trying to do what's right, and then like stuff around you starts crumbling. And you're like, this is not what I thought I signed up for. Like, because I'm, I'm praying, and doesn't feel like you're answering. Or like I'm, I'm reading and, and I don't feel like I'm getting where I think I should be getting. And I'm going to church and I don't feel like I'm getting blessed today. Because in reality, like I'm doing all this God stuff and my 
home's falling apart or my work's falling apart or I'm falling apart or whatever. And I just don't know. Right? Like, let's just be honest today. Like, we've been there. Can we just take off the, like, church mask of, like, everything's okay? And how are you doing today? Oh, I'm okay, because that's a lie. And let's just be real today. And let's just, we've all, like, been in that somewhere, right? Because this is part of it. Because somewhere in our brains, what we think is, if bad stuff happens to me, then either God has forgotten me, God doesn't hear me, or maybe there is no God. Because like I prayed and you didn't come through, or I, I was trying to be a good boy and you didn't do the thing. Right? And this is like the place right here in, in, the, in the middle of the story that like we, we can see that like it's maybe not just us that goes through that. Like maybe, maybe that is a decision that, it, that is planted in our life at times. For a reason. And it's a pretty common thing because we find it in Daniel. Actually, we, we even see in the Bible where people do turn away. Right? Like we see time and time again people come into this situation and people either have to pick like, I'm going to go with God or I'm going to go with me. And here's the crossroads moment of this story where, where they're going to have to make a decision God, which maybe could end up with me dead. Or me. I'm just going to leave this God thing. So the king says, we're going to play the music and you're going you're to worship. And if you don't, um, you're going to die. And then he just puts this little stamp on there and he says, you know, who, who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Now, see, this is a good question for the king because his gods are made of gold that he cooked up in the kitchen 15 minutes ago, and his gods are not very powerful, right? Like his gods are gods of his making and his choosing. And I just want to say to us today, if you made your God, even if that God's name is Jesus, if you made your version of that God, your God is not very powerful. There's a Bible Jesus, and then there's the Jesus that we're comfortable with and we like and we want to hear from, the Jesus that requires very little of us, the Jesus that will never cause us to suffer and go through anything, not Jesus. There's, there's the Bible Jesus, and then there's the Jesus most of us know, which is the Jesus that I come to church, and I, I prayed that one prayer that one time, and as long as I keep coming to church, and as long as I keep doing the things, and as long as I find somewhere to serve, and as long as I like maybe read every once in a while the verse of the day if somebody posted on Instagram, like that Jesus, that God that I'm comfortable with that requires nothing from me, that'll never ask me to be obedient, that's a horrible word in the church today, that'll never ask me to forsake myself and take up my own cross, that Jesus wouldn't get you anywhere and that Jesus will never have the power to save you from anything because you made that Jesus just like Nebuchadnezzar made that statue and made all of his other gods that's the only gods he knows and he looks at these guys and he's like hey I've never met a god that's going to be able to save you from me because in my life I am God and there's the issue 
So he asked this question, and he says, uh, there's no God that can save you from me, is really what he's saying. And this is what happens. Um, let me just go ahead and ruin the story because most of us have probably heard it. Um, they don't say, oh, yeah, you're right. He's really not that powerful. I'll, I'll just worship your statue. They don't say, um, my life is worth more than, than this God. They don't say that. See, they, they know this God, and this God's willing. They're willing to risk their life on the bet here that this God's going to come through. And they say, 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king. Here's what they say back, and I love this full faith. Nebuchadnezzar, we don't actually even need to answer your question. We don't need to answer this. Your question, what kind of God can save you from me? We're not the ones that have to give you the answer for that. It's exactly what they're saying. You know what? I'm not God's attorney. I'm not going to stand here today in front of you and try to convince you that there is a God. That's not my job. Uh, I'm not here to, to, to read you all the reasons that I should have faith in this God. See, this is a position of power. They know who they have faith in. They're not the crazy people in the room that have to defend their faith. They say, actually, you defend your belief because today I don't have to answer your question. I got the strength because I'm the one that has the real God. You just cooked that thing up 15 minutes ago and put it out in a field. Like, not the same. I don't have to give you an answer to this question. Actually, it says in 17, if the God we serve exists, and I just want you to know, this is not a statement of they don't know. They're saying this to the king. Hey, I want you to know, if the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And listen, he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. This is their statement. I'm not answering your question. I believe that the God we serve, he can, he has the ability to, is what he's saying. Rescue us from this fire. He 100% can rescue. I'm not worried about the fire. Not a big deal to God. And he can, ability, rescue us from the king's power. He can rescue us from that. I'm not worried about the king's power. Not a big deal to God. You, you get the power in that statement? Like, you got to get the power in this one because we're going somewhere with the next one. They're looking at, I could die right now, and they're saying, I'm not worried about it. The worst thing the king can do to us, I'm not worried about it. Because the God that I serve has all the ability and power and strength over the king and over the fire. I don't have to worry about the fire. The fire is not a big deal to God. It's a big deal to me. I don't want to burn. Anybody just sign up for that? I don't, I don't think so. Not many people, oh yeah, I want the king to... Just throw me up in there. There's not a lot of people that are going to sign, sign up for that. I'm not one of those people. I'm not like, hey, put me in the furnace. That sounds great. I'm not that guy. But the statement here is, I don't have to worry about the fire. I don't have to worry about the king because I've seen God. 
And what I know from God is God is not worried about the fire or the king. God is not sitting up in heaven thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get him out of this one? Oh, man, I don't know. Ooh, fire, I've never done that one before. Like there's never, They've never thrown my people into fire before. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Man, I wonder if like the early church read this when they were like, renounce your faith or putting you in with the lions. Maybe just a couple chapters over. Because, man, when you've seen God, you're like, I don't have to worry. God's already dealt with lions. I don't have to worry about that. Man, there's nothing we're going through today that God's sitting up in heaven thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get him out of this one. God's not sitting up in heaven trying to calculate plans of how he's going to get us out of the mess even that we get ourselves into, right? Like, like God doesn't have to worry about any of it. And that is what they see so clearly here. They're like, man, I just want you to know, God can rescue us from the fire and God can rescue us from you. Because God's bigger than the fire and he's bigger than the king. But I love what they say next. But even if he doesn't, we don't like that verse. Oh, yeah, God can do it. God can do it. We are right there in the pep rally, right? Like we're like, God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. But we don't ever say this. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't do it, even if God does not do it, they say it. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Wow. Wow. See, that, that's faith. That, that's real faith. Faith is not, I believe God can, I believe God can, I believe God can, I believe God can, I believe God can. That's a pep rally. There's churches that say that all the time, right? Name it and proclaim it. I believe God can give me a million dollars. I believe God can give me a new car. I believe God can build me a mansion. That, that's, that's bull. That's not faith. That's called a genie. I believe God is here to serve me. That's wrong. I'm here to serve God. And they state right at the beginning, right? Like, oh, yeah, God, God can save me from the fire, and he can save me from the king. But then they look right back in the same sentence, and they say, but you know what? Even if he doesn't, even if he chooses not to, not can't, even if he chooses not to, even if he doesn't come through in the way that I think he's going to come through, I want you as the king to know right now in this moment, looking you in the eye, I'm not scared of the fire and I'm not scared of you. I'm looking at God. And I would never settle for your gods. And I'll never bow to you. Man, this is, this is amazing. What's happening here? There's two questions in this that, that, that we can find and we can ask ourselves. Do we have faith like them? And it's this. Do I believe God can? Whatever I'm going through today, do I believe God can? That, that's, that's part of it. 
Whatever I'm struggling with, do I believe God can? Whatever I'm dealing with, me or something else, do I believe God can? And you have to answer that. Right? Like I can sit up here all day long and I can be like, God can. And you can be like, amen. But you're going to leave. We don't do this every day. And maybe if like 24-7 we just huddled up in this room and we sang songs and somebody talked. And then like we even ate in here because we can't go outside of that. Because if we get to talking very long, something bad's going to happen. Maybe we, would, maybe we would be like, yeah, I believe God can. But like do you really believe when you leave this place, not in this moment, that God can? And if you don't, here's what I would say to you. You need to dig into who God is. And you need to ask God, reveal to me who you are. Because you'll never have that faith until you've seen it. Somebody can tell you all day long, but until God opens your eyes spiritually to that, you'll never believe it. Do you believe God can? That's the first question. But the second question is more powerful. It's this. Even if he doesn't, do you still want that God? Do you believe God can? I think most of us right now would be like, yeah, I believe that. Maybe like a small handful would be like, I don't know. But the harder question here is the second, isn't it? Even if he doesn't, do you still want that God? Because here's the reality. All of us are going to walk into the fire. All of us are going to end up in a storm. All of us are going to struggle. All of us are going to deal with disease and sickness and death and hurt and heartache. All of us are going to be broken at times. All of us are going to end up in a place where it feels like our whole world's falling apart. You know why? Because there is an enemy who wants to shake you so that you will leave. There is an enemy that wants to put you in this crossroads. He wants to put you in the place, just like Peter, right, where Jesus says to him, Satan has prayed and he's desired to to sift you like wheat. He wants to throw you up and he wants to shake up your life and he wants you to leave. But I've prayed for you and here's what I prayed, that you would remain. We will all walk through crossroad after crossroad after crossroad in our relationship with God where we will have to deal with this question, do I believe he can? And even if he doesn't, do I still want this God? Even when death comes, do I still want this God? Even when disease comes, do I still want this God? Even when I feel like he doesn't hear me, do I still want this God? When I feel alone, do I still want this God? When heartache is just ripping everything in me apart, do I still want this God? When my world is falling apart and I'm broken and I'm poor and I'm homeless, or even better, persecution comes and it will one day to the church in America, do I still want this God? Do I still think he's beautiful and valuable and worthy? Is he still worthy of all of my worship? Is he still something worth throwing my whole life at? And if the answer is no, maybe not this crossroad or the next crossroad or the next crossroad, but we will walk away. If the answer is no, there will be a day that you will walk away. And you need to get alone with God and you need to say, show me who you are. 
I got to know. I got to see it. I got to know just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when I'm thrown in the fire and I feel like everything's falling apart and you don't hear me, that you're there. I got to know you to such a degree when they walk in and they say, you renounce your faith or you're dead, that I can say, I'll never worship you. Because until you've seen God, you'll worship any God. Do you believe he can? And if he doesn't, what are you going to do? You say this to the king. It says in 19, Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage. He's filled with rage. He was already mad, mad. Now he's madder. And it says the expression on his face changed. He'd probably never been told no before in his entire life. Towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it says he gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more than was customary. No, you, you're not going to worship my gods. You're not going to listen to me. Let me just turn up the heat. Let me make it more difficult. Let me, let me make you think about that again. And he says he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. Even if he doesn't. Oh, I believe God can keep me from being thrown in there. But even if he doesn't, I'm not going to worship you. And then look what he does. He doesn't. This is the lightning bolt moment that you expect in your life, right? Where, okay, God, I, I, I gave the right answer. Now you've you got to show up and you've got to save me because I don't really want to go there. And you expect, like if this was you, that God would just beam himself down in the room and be like, Mm-mm, no, just kidding. I just wanted to check out your faith. And then if not then, maybe when they bound him, right? Like, we're still not doing it, God. Can you see? Like, we're tied up. We're about to go in the thing. Are you going to do it now? But he doesn't. This is 21, so these men in their trousers, robes, head coverings, and other clothes were tied up, and they were thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. They were thrown in. He doesn't. This is in 22, since the king's command was so urgent, the furnace was extremely hot. It says the raging flames killed those men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up, actually the men, the furnace was so hot, the men who were throwing them in died. Now we're going to come back to that in a minute because there's already like a miracle happening right here. These are the strongest men in the army and they couldn't get close to the fire. It 
It says in 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar, he jumped up in alarm. And he said to his advisors, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? They answered back, yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. And here's what he said. He exclaimed, look, you you need to see this. I see four men not tied, not bound, free in the fire. I see four men not bound, and they're walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Man, he didn't save them from the fire. They went into the fire. The prayer was, I don't want to go in the fire. 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 And they went in the fire. But he didn't leave them in the fire. They weren't alone in the fire. They weren't forgotten in the fire. They weren't forsaken in the fire. They were freed in the fire. They went inbound, and then when they got in, they were walking around, set free, and God was walking around with them. And this got the king's attention in, in such a way that, man, it does something in the, in the area. It says, look, there's somebody in there walking around like the Son of God. And it says in 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire, and he called out, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you servants... Of the Most High God. Forget my statue. Forget my statue. Forget my gods. Come come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of the fire. And it says they got inspected. And they were like, man, they don't even smell like smoke. I don't know what's happening here. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels and he rescued his servants who, listen to this, trusted in him. Man, that's amazing. That's, it's amazing. He didn't. Save them from the fire. There will be times in our life that God will not save us from the fire. We will go into the fire and we will go into the storm and we will go into the struggle and we will go into the heartache and we will be broken and shaken and we will be almost destroyed. But I say almost. Because maybe sometimes it's not God's will to save us from the fire, but it's his will to Walk with us in it. See, the reality of it is there was a miracle happening before they ever stepped into the fire. The fire killed the guards, but it didn't touch Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God didn't just walk with them in the fire. He walked with them into the fire. And while they were there, he never left them. He never, forsook, he never forsake them. He never forgot them. They, they maybe even couldn't see sometimes because the flames were so hot. He didn't do any of that, but he freed them. And then he walked with them out of the fire.
Some of us today maybe are in those moments where we're like, I don't know how I'm going to get by. I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I just want you to know today it's the same God that walked with them in the fire that walks with us in the fire. It's the same God today that's in that place with them that's in this place with us. And it doesn't matter what we hear in the fire and what, what, what the world's telling us in this place. The, the reality of it is God doesn't leave us. He says that. And he doesn't forsake us. He doesn't walk away from us when we feel like our prayers are not getting past the ceiling. God says, I hear you. I'm just not done yet. See, it's in those moments in our life that God seeks to set us free. Those moments where we wrestle with life and we wrestle with God and we struggle, those are the moments that God seeks to set us free. And I don't know why we get into where we're at. I don't, I don't know every single reason. Like there are a room full of people and everybody has different purposes like that God's taken you through. And, and I get that. But I trust today that it's the same God. It's the same God. And he's trying to do something in you in that moment. God hasn't forgotten you. He's, he's molding you. God hasn't left you. He's, he's, he's shaping you. He hasn't he isn't walked away from you. He's walking with you. And he walked in with you and he'll walk out with you. And he won't leave you while you're there. That's the promise of God, right? Like, I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'll never leave you or forsake you. God is right here where you are. And here's the amazing newsflash moment of the day. Wherever you are is exactly where God would have you to be. I'm dealing with death. I know, I know it's hard. But I want you to know, like, this is what God has chosen for you. I don't know why. His ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But he's doing something. And at the end of it, you're going to walk out free and unharmed. I'm dealing with sickness, so I, I don't know why. God hasn't left you and he's walking with you in and he'll walk with you out. I'm dealing with heartache. I don't know why, but I know God's walking with you today. I'm dealing with, right, fill in the blank. I can't answer every why. I'm not God and one day he'll make all that right and he'll give us the reasons. I believe that if we even care when we see him. But you don't have to know the reason to know there is a reason today. You don't have to know why you're here to know that God has placed you here today. Because here's the reality. We don't have to know the plan and the purpose. We just have to know the guy who makes the plan and who has the purpose. The guy who writes, right? And your, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I know you're weak and I know you don't want to be here. But, but man, you're going to enjoy this. Because when you get out, it's not by your power and your might. It's by mine. I know you don't want to be in the fire today. The fire isn't fun today. But, but, but I've placed you here. And I haven't left you here. And we're coming out eventually. And when we come out, man, there's going to be a parade and some victory shouts. And we're going to change the hearts and the lives of people around. Because they're going to have watched this whole process. 
God's doing something in every struggle, in every storm, in every hurt, in every heartache. God doesn't waste things like that. And you don't have to know the plan today to know the God who makes the plans today. And you don't have to trust what's going on around you to trust in the one today that surrounds you. So here's the question today. Do I believe God can? Whatever we're going through, do I believe today that God can? Do I know enough about God today to know that God can? Do I know enough about God today that when I'm backed up against the sea, I can sit and I can say, God, I'm not worried about the sea. Because I know you can. When I'm one foot in the fire today, do, do, do I know enough about God to say, God, I don't have to worry about the fire today. Because I know you can. And here's the second. Do I know enough about him today that even if he doesn't, he's still all I want?